Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up? And welcome back to another impromptu episode of the Dream Mason podcast. I keep saying this podcast is on hiatus and it really is on hiatus. And then I'm like, I want to do something and I want to create. So I pause hiatus to go back into action. Um, the last few years were this, it's December 1st, obviously the last month of 2021. And the last few years, I think two or three years in a row, I'm not exactly sure. I've recorded kind of a yearly wrap-up episode. And I think sometimes I do it in the beginning of the next year, uh, but because I don't know what's happening, where this podcast is fully going yet, what's changing, what's evolving. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you should probably listen to the last episode because I talked about that on that impromptu episode. Um, I like to look at like what I've learned throughout the year, what lessons, hardships, you know, from business to relationships to personal. And last year, my assistant and friend Nico came in and supported me with that and interviewed me. And this year I have asked another really close friend if she would be willing to do that. So I want you to know, as we go into this, there's nothing prepped. I don't know what she's going to ask me. She can, she has the free reign to ask whatever she wants as much as vulnerable or as personal as she wants to. Um, and my hope is that uh, not only do I get to reflect on this year, but also that through my learnings and my reflection that you as the audience get to take something away. Maybe you do this yourself. Maybe you just learn, maybe you learn something from my lessons. Uh, maybe you see something that you haven't seen. Um, maybe you make fun of us and, uh, you know, heckle me online based on what I share, whatever works for you. Uh, my friend who's here, uh, Christina Stathopoulos, she's been on the podcast a couple of times. I think you have to go back a little bit to, to she's like mouthing way back. Uh, to, she was on this podcast a bunch of times early on. She's actually created her own po podcast uh, called Coach Taku, which is brilliant in that it's, all things anime and coaching, like kind of smashed together. Uh, so super unique if you're into anime, cartoons. Um, I know anime and cartoons are not exactly the same thing, but they live in the same universe. Uh, and personal development, you should definitely check out Coach Taku. She is also the founder of Hear Her Roar. She's an international speaker. She's a really successful coach trainer. She's also a successful coach in her own right. She's a mother, a new mother, and she's a wife. What's up, Christina? Hey, Alex. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited for today. I have also barely prepped anything because I'm looking <laughs> forward to a really organic conversation about the year with you. Is there anything you want people to know about you before we that I didn't kind of already say? before we jump in? Ooh, I think the only thing which is also technically about you is Alex has loved and trusted me so much over the years that I am also the editor for his book, Fictional Authenticity. It kind of rocks if you still haven't read it. I don't know what you're doing. You can pause and go buy it on Amazon. He'll even send you a signed copy. I promise he'll be famous one day. He's not there yet, but one day that autograph will really be worth <laughs> something. So you should go check it out. If you want the autograph copy, you have to go and get it through me, not Amazon. I should say that. So people get a copy from Amazon. It's either not going to be signed or it might be signed by some child in some country, which I did not approve of. Um, yeah, I think that's great. Christine, my book would not exist. We've, we talk about this all the time, but my book would not exist if it weren't for you, not only in your editing, but like our partnership to actually get it done was the key to actually getting it done. The editing was almost like secondary to simply partnering with you. What are we going to do today? How are you going to, are you going to make me cry? 
Ooh, if you're lucky. <laughs> Should we have a safe word? No, anyway. <laughs> uh, well, how about this? Before we get too deep into any aspect of the year, if let's say we hadn't spoken all year and you know this was our first meeting, it's December, there's a month left, what would be like the highlights of the year that you'd want to share with me? How was 2021 for you? Man. So if we hadn't spoken in a year and this was like a catch-up call, the first thing I would say is <laughs> I created a contest and met a woman and fell in love um, through a completely made up like experience. Um, and I'm sure you'd be like, what are you talking about? Uh, but yeah, like I dreamed up, like I was ready for a really serious, really intense, like the relationship. And I wasn't finding what I was wanting, right? Like out there in dating apps and traditional dating. And I'm not shy. It wasn't like I wasn't doing these things. And I got really inspired. And I think that is one of the biggest lessons from the things that I, from the years, I got really inspired by this idea of creating like kind of an online contest, putting myself out there. But then the kicker was like letting five of my friends choose who the actual winner was. And Evan, my girlfriend, she's actually upstairs working in the office upstairs, uh, you know, in her own world was out there creating an intention of finding love through fun and adventure. And I created this fun and adventurous experience that I would actually take someone to Tulum with through and my committee of people chose her as the, the winner after like two months of playing this game. And I would have chosen her at that point by the time we got to the end and she chose me it was, it wasn't like a, we chose her and she had to now, you know, go along with this and um, totally in love. We're working on a way to create like this experience for other people. That's probably the, the number one thing. That would be the number one thing I would share. Uh, the second thing would be that I bought my first, house that I'm like living in. Um, I've owned property before, but like more investment. And this was the first time I bought something myself. And in the world that we live in, how uh, real estate's been insane this last year, and especially in Southern California, I did the exact same thing. I set an intention. I was like, I'm going to buy something. It's going to be easy. I'm not going to fight with people. I'm not going to get into a bidding war. I'm not even going to pay over asking. And I created exactly what I wanted. Um, and it's still, I'm sitting in my office right now. And as I look around, it still blows my mind. I feel like I'm somehow living in someone's fancy Airbnb that just nobody's asking me to leave. Um, uh, what, what other things, um, God, those are the, those are two, those are so recent. Um, I'm trying to think like, I don't know what else. I think those would be the biggest two things. Like those are so recent and so major. And they were two things that I've been working on. I want to say like had been in my space for the last year or so mm -hmm. um, that the fact that those two happened is, is pretty surreal. And it almost like ellipses everything else that happened this year. Yeah. So an amazing new home, an amazing new relationship. I also have it that, you know, you're, business also did well again this year. Is that fair to assert? Yeah. 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 With, I mean, we're not at the end of the year yet, but my business is like for this, well, I think seventh year, I don't know, sixth year, seventh year, however many years I've been doing this has got literally like financially. And I think just experientially gotten better every single year. I've never had a year where I've gone back I've had months that were right. Not as great as prior years, but on the whole, every single year, 2020 was the best year I ever had in my business. And I grew 20%. Mm -hmm. And this year I hit my business, especially like my one-on-one -on -one client goal. And that's better than it was in 2020. I also though had a like really big setback in the same, in the sense of I had said that this year was the year I was going to create not only an increase in my one-on-one -on -one practice, but also an increase in my corporate practice. And I didn't do that. So I can't pretend like I only crushed it and only won on all fronts. Like I totally dropped the ball and missed the bullseye. Like I didn't even hit the dartboard on that goal. Um, and I'm like, Hey, that's like really present into like going into the next year of something that's really important to me to expand. Yeah. Well, you know, 
even if you didn't score tens across the board, what I hear is you had, you know, the best year of business yet. This amazing, you know, I'm, I'm here on video with you. I can see the new office that you work from and I've seen pictures of your new home and it rocks. You have this great woman upstairs working in your home that, you know, you love, adore. You have this crazy once in a lifetime adventure with. And, you know, Alex, when I think of you, I always think of because your dreams don't build themselves. And so for you, like, how did you, like, who was behind the scenes supporting you build these dreams this year? Only you. You're the only one that gets <laughs> um, correct you're... answer. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. This was the dream. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what, honestly, this is probably the, like of all, since in all the years that we've known each other, which isn't that many, it's like, I don't know, three, three, four years, whatever it is. Usually I would say you are, are one of my biggest, like, uh, community and support structures that I wouldn't have things like I wouldn't be a professional certified coach. I don't think I'd have the business I have now without somebody like you in my corner. I don't even think I'd have the relationship because I don't think I would have grown from the ones in the past. This year, I actually think was a little different because you were having a baby and like becoming a new mom. So I don't want to say it's not that like you weren't there. I was, I, I, in a way like gave you space and you needed you had a whole new thing in your life. Um, so you weren't as there in like for me in the past. So I think I had to find new ways. I did a lot of different things this year. This year, um, I used to always have a one-on-one coach that kind of helped me with my whole life. Um, he's been on this podcast, Mark Hunter, um, amazing coach, love him to death. Uh, he was my coach for like four years. And about halfway through this year, I felt like it was time to move on from that relationship. And it's the first time in, again, like six, seven years that I hadn't, that I was ending that one-on-one coach experience and not replacing it with just another coach. And what I did this year, because the way my goals were looking was I added therapy in. um, And again, if you're in Southern California and you need a therapist, I got the best recommendation. I love this woman. She's incredible. And I don't think I'd be in the relationship that I was in if it weren't for her supporting me to change my relationship habits, my behavioral habits with women, my connection to my feelings and my emotions, uh, my ability to be intimate and vulnerable, like all those things I did in therapy that I wasn't really doing as much so before. I also put myself, uh, when as I ended that relationship, in a master certified coach training program. So I had somebody like looking at my coaching and training me on a new level. And then I also did some sessions with a coach about like creating the vision for what's next in terms of building my brand marketing. So instead of having one person to kind of bring everything to, I kind of divvied it out. And I had three people that were, I want to say professionally supporting me, not just my community. Um, And that's actually really scary because as you and I have been trained, we're like trained, like you got to have this coach and And it's not like a rule, right? Like that we have to do it that way, but it was kind of like the way we were trained. Like you have this thing. And I was like, wait, I want to try something different. Um, So it was a little scary to break away from that and try something different. And I think there's been some positives and negatives from it. Uh, Otherwise my cousin, Brittany has, is always a, a massive, like stand in my life. You know, she's always there to remind me. She's really the person for me when things don't go well, that she reminds me that every time in my life, something doesn't go well, the thing on the other side of it is going to be gold, uh, which is uh, priceless. I think it's like the best thing I can get from, from a person when things aren't going well. Um, I am super lucky. I have amazing parents. Uh, and then I just have like such a community of other coaches and leaders that are so supportive and also call me on my bullshit. I mean, you, you do this for me, but I'm not surrounded by people that are like, yes, people, you know, they're people that are constantly making fun of me and roasting me. They're people that are constantly calling out my ego and my bullshit. And I think it forces me to grow whether I, whether, I mean, I always want to, but whether I want to in the moment or not. And I definitely don't think I'd be sitting here with Evan in my life if it weren't for, you know. Craig and and Melanie and Brittany and Corinne and Ben, who were the committee of judges, but also for pe- people like Kaylin, um, 
who Kaylin McDuff, who has the Any Way You Want It podcast, who interviewed me and and then reached out to Evan, who was a friend of hers who had never met and been like, you need to meet this man. Like there's something here. You should be in this contest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, I just want to say, I love how generous you are with thanking each and every person that's contributed, whether it was as simple as, you know, judging an application or coaching you or, you know, providing therapy or whatever it is. You know, you've mentioned your relationship with Evan quite a few times at this point. And uh, something that occurred to me, I don't know if all your listeners know this, but uh, you actually had a stint in reality television a couple of years back when you were still in the restaurant industry, which I love because you went from this guy on reality TV, really hamming up that villain kind of archetype douchebag asshole uh, you know, pl- playing it up for the camera to creating this contest that one could argue could also be pitched as a reality TV competition. And I was thinking a lot about every single aspect of you that has had to shift or grow or transform to go from that version of Alex to this one. And I was wondering if you would be willing to actually dive into some of that a little bit. Like, what are the things that you really had to give up or change about how you were holding relationships up until this point? I I mean, we joke about this all the time and and people have come to like this that I like say I'm a recovering asshole. Um, And I think that it's, somebody asked me recently, like, are you ever out of recovery? And I, I don't actually think, that I am ever, I think it's all, it's always, because I think, I don't think you spend so many years in such a habit and then it's just like gone. Um, But I also think that there's a part of me that like my ego really enjoys that aspect, like that darkness or that shadow side of me, whatever language we want to use, it it has that and is never going to give that up, that, that asshole, selfish, um, kind of angry, side of me. Um, I think the, to answer your question, I think the biggest thing is like not letting that side of me run the show. So you reference like me doing reality TV. It's crazy to think that was 10, 11 years ago. Um, I was 28 or 29 when I did that and I'm 39 about to be 40 now. Um, that shadow side, that ego side, like ran the show. So if we were in a situation, it was like, what can I say that will trigger people, shock people, create some awe. And it was like the way that I felt like paid attention to loved, but it didn't actually work because yes, it got me the attention, which filled me up for a moment, but then ultimately people like, didn't like me or they were like, he's, you know, or, or it was very like the, the people that liked me were a select group of people. Um, And I had to be angry, like, oh, I was like angry and bitter and like disgruntled, like all the time. Um, And I think back about like, for people listening to this, when you're, if if you can identify with that feeling like angry at the world, disgruntled, mad at your boss, mad at your partner, mad at your family, mad at whatever, it's so exhausting. And I, and for me, learning to like not let that side of me run the show which we've done through coaching community support having people in my life that challenged me to love even when I was like scared or open up um to get access to my feelings and like cry Evan joked on our on our Tulum trip she was like you cry more than I do um which is not true but it's such a departure from who I was as somebody who when we met right I was like does Christina do anything but cry? Um, like I, I had no access to that emotion, that facility. Um, so I think, uh, I think it was, I think I went through a day in and day out. Like it doesn't actually serve me to live the way I was living angry, bitter, disgruntled, kind of like hating everyone. Um, and really not liking myself to like, Hey, I want to be different. So, you know, plugging all these different things like therapy, community, coaching, um, trying to fall in love with myself, create my own self-worth. Um, and then learning things like discipline and integrity. And I think all these little blocks added up to where now 
it, I don't have to like work as hard to not be an asshole. Um, but it shows up. Like I have to be aware when I'm annoyed or pissed off at humans or people are being shitty to, to me or to others. Like it's the first thing that wants to come up is like, you know, let that, that part of me out. And I have to kind of either pause it or slow down or have somebody, you know, around me. That's like, that was kind of a dick of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I love how you self-identify as recovery being a lifelong process because I have it that's true of anyone's recovery journey, whether it's from, you know, self self-named asshole or, you know, sobriety or whatever journey that we may be on. Um, and there was another thing that you mentioned was, which is, it's not that that part of you has gone away. You've just learned how to be with it differently. And I think that's so important because anger, you know, emotions like anger, they don't just disappear. Like you don't do this work for 10 years or 20 years or even 50 years and you never feel it again. You just learn how to be with it differently. And with that in mind, even with all of your successes and wins and dreamlike triumphs this year, were there moments that left you sad or angry or in those familiar places? Um, I think there were a lot and they, they, a lot of them came at the beginning of the year, right? So at the beginning of 2021, we're still in a COVID conversation. I mean, we're still in a COVID conversation now. It's, it's different than it was in 2020 or even beginning of the year, but it still exists. And at the beginning of the year, I was still processing and dealing with the breakup from the year before. And I, I was probably better with it than I'd ever been. Um, but I was still having like really intense moments of heartbreak and loss and really questioning, like, what was that relationship and was it real? And like, you know, without getting into the, like the details of it, like really struggling with that loss and that relationship to that person. Um, and then in dating, I mean, until I dated people all throughout the year, and I met people in real life on apps through things like Instagram and Facebook. And I tried all these different kinds of relationships and I liked a lot of people. I think a lot of people like liked me to some degrees, but like I kept finding myself in the same patterns with the same kinds of people. And either I would get kind of, you know, cast aside by them or I would cast them aside or whatever it was. Um, it was exhausting and it was frustrating. And there were times where I was like, I'm just like not going to meet the, what I'm, I'm not going to find what I'm looking for. It was hard to, it was like really hard to not give up. It was also hard to not just go back to my old dating style, which like I said to uh, uh, Christopher McCullough, uh, one of our like mentors, colleagues um, on the, I think it was on the coaching show or, or somewhere one day, his podcast that I felt like I had a better success dating when I was like in my asshole phase, like 10 years ago. And I was like, I should just go back to dating like that. And he made a comment, something to the effect of like, yeah, and you could also go back to your elementary school and play sports if you like just want to get at something. <laughs> and it was like, fuck, <laughs> so good. And it was like, yeah, if you want the next level of relationship, you're going to have to like get through this like muddy swamp pit that you're currently in. Um, and I think I did that. I think that's why I get to have what, I, what I'm experiencing now. Um, but I think that first five, six months of the year were really rough around relationship, like really disappointing. Um, I also think like, you know, in therapy, having a therapist who's really focused on you digging into your past and like experiencing emotions that you never allowed yourself to experience from your childhood as a man. And as a man who like, didn't ever get to like, has never done that. Like I cried and had to be with feelings that like were so far long gone, but that the energy was still there, that that had never been dealt with. Um, and that was really, I kind of described that as like my soul or my like emotional part of my body going through like 120 degree high yoga class. Like it was exhausting and painful and was not easy to sit there and be with. Uh, and then in the long and the spectrum of the whole year, I I still don't relate to myself as like successful or having done enough, right? Like, even though writing a book is something I always wanted to do and 
you know, hitting a hundred, 200 podcast episodes and having another book on, on its way and being published and, you know, all these things, like I still relate to myself as like, I haven't done enough. I haven't made enough money. I haven't been successful enough. I haven't impacted enough people. So that's the thing that's like the ongoing struggle. That's really hard is, you know, to have people around me, you're, you're one of them. Even Evan knew in my life is one of them. It is like, what are you talking about? You live in like, in like a fantasy world of, of beating yourself up basically. Um, and so while I still do work on it, it doesn't, it's still really present that I still ultimately at the end of the day, actually feel like I'm, I'm not good enough and that I am a failure and that I haven't succeeded. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? Can we just like, it's just, you know, I heard a saying recently, like, it doesn't matter whether you drown in six inches of water or six feet of water. The point is that you drown. Yeah. And I, I just like hear it in what you're talking about, because to your point, we could make a checklist of all that's working in your life. And then for you to say, but it's not enough, like people would probably laugh at you or make fun of you or slaying insults or jail. Like, like I have it that could create a really visceral reaction for people, but for you, it's really, it's really real. Um, that, that's a whole nother piece of it too. Right. So like, I'll go to therapy and I'll say to my therapist, like how much of a, I feel like even shittier about it because like, I'm very aware. I don't live in a bubble. I'm very aware that there's people that don't have food, that don't have water that are like in countries being raped and beaten and abused and sold. Um, there's people right here in America that are like being not getting the opportunities that you get because of either their, their sexuality or their race or their gender. Um, and like, I'm not dealing with really any of those things. And so then I feel bad, right? Like I feel bad because, Hey, I have, I've created this great life and I've given, been afforded opportunities based on, you know, being a white male in America that other people haven't been given. And like, just fam, like coming from the family I happen to be born into. Um, and yet I still feel like this and it's hard to be with the both at the same time. Right. Cause I think a good therapist or any coach would be like, Hey, you're allowed to feel the way you feel, right? Like if you start comparing yourself to the world, like that's just that game. No, we're never going to win. It's like a lose, lose, but it is challenging because you're hundred percent. Right. If we made a list right here, like I'm winning probably over like 95% of the world, but yet internally it's not actually how it feels. Hmm. I think it's, it's a really interesting thing to highlight because I, I actually call this with my clients. I could have had it worse syndrome. <laughs> like it's people that resist taking on that next level of healing or that next level of support. Cause it's like, well, clearly my problems can't be that bad. Cause I made it this far without addressing them. Um, <laughs> right? Totally. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I, I really want to acknowledge and celebrate you for Alex is like, I, I get that part of it stems from that. It's not good enough, but I also have it that the way that you're living your life is also an expression of who you are when you're connected to your heart and your power and just your deep, authentic desire for connection with other human beings. And so I'm wondering with you know, you generously sharing like all the work that you've done in therapy this year, you know, if you could pick a time in your life, like, I don't know, Alex at eight or Alex at 10, or maybe Alex at one of those stages of life where you first learned one of those shitty things about yourself. Like, what do you want to tell him? Like, Hey, it's the end of 2021. And guess what? Oh man, this is, this is like a question. This is like a question that actually gets is a common question in like a therapy therapeutic conversation, right? Where we'll, my therapist will ask me to go back to something from my childhood and like sit with that little version of myself. So it's like me as me now and sitting, you know, on a curb next to the little version of myself that whatever happened to. Um, and uh Mm, there's, it's hard to like pick out like a moment or a version of myself in childhood. Um, 
I think I would have to say based on the conversation that we like kind of just had that I would probably go back to a version of myself um, that felt really dumb. Um, I've talked about this on this podcast and I think other podcasts about as a little kid, you know, getting diagnosed with learning disabilities and really like I was cute. I was popular. I was like charismatic with kids and adults. And so nobody looked at, it wasn't like I was viewed as like a dumb kid or not smart because I could communicate. Like I was, I could speak well, but I had a lot of trouble with like reading and comprehension and like math. And, um, and I had learned diagnosable learning disabilities that, I wouldn't let my parents like kind of like bring into school. Like I, I didn't bring them into school. I kind of like, we like hid them on my request. I don't know why my parents listen to me, um, but uh, I think I would go back to that little kid, that little version of me and explain or share with him that he's not dumb. That I don't know how you would explain this to a kid, um, but that like we all, like that we all learn differently, that we all express ourselves differently, that we all um, have different, like, at, like different strengths and weaknesses. And, um, and that there's things that I'm good at that don't show up on tests or they're not looking for inside of like a system. And again, this is, feels like very like above board for a small child. <laughs> so I don't know how I would say it. Um, but that's the thing that I think like I, I want to hear and that I need to hear is like that I'm not dumb, um, that, uh, and, and that the life that I'm living now, it's like, dude, you wrote a book, you were published in another book. You have a podcast that like thousands of people have listened to that have been over 200 episodes. Um, you, you date very intelligent, very beautiful, very charismatic and very capable women that are like up to huge things in their own right. Those people don't date dumb. Those people don't date dumb people. Um, and you're surrounded by like loving, successful, brilliant leaders and humans that in, in all different spectrums of life, not just coaches, but like your friends are doing all sorts of really amazing things with their lives. And again, those people don't hang out with dumb people who like fuck up their lives. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I, I think I answered your question. Yeah. So if I heard you correctly, it's, you just tell them like, Hey, don't believe your own story that you're stupid. Cause here's what you're going to create in life when you just stay in your own lane. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about two, like, like it's okay to be like, it's act like there's something about vulnerability in there that it's actually so much stronger to be like vulnerable. And it doesn't mean we have to like, you know, throw up or diarrhea, like everything out of us to like the whole world every two seconds, but that, um, that, that we do become more free and more authentic and more, I think really more held and loved and respected by people around us when we are actually when we like take off our shields and our masks and the things that we're taught make us strong or make us powerful and actually like show who we really are, like our hearts and our, you know, our fears that people actually like connect with us and love us and want that from us. Hmm. You know, speaking of vulnerability, Alex, you have such a great nuanced way of taking questions that could be very personal and sharing them like, like it's NBD. It's very, it's very intellectual yeah. and distinguished over there. Yeah. And I, I'm wondering like, what would it actually take to like get you in your body and your vulnerability right now? Um, when you asked me that question about me as a child, it like put me there almost automatically. Like I feel like my stomach is like butterfly, like churning. Um, you know, there's like, my eyes are a lot heavier than they were when we started this conversation. Um, you know, I think this is, 
I don't know how to, the, the place I'm like being brought to as, as I sit with this is, um, for most, it's like really hard to be, it's, it feels like it's really hard to be a like strong man and also be like heart-centered and vulnerable. Hmm because the two things like collide, right? Like in the way that we're traditionally taught. And for like two years, two or three years, maybe even longer, because that was when I started noticing it. But for two or three years, I've been like really present to this feeling of like wanting to be like held like a little boy, like wishing I just had my mom. Um, And like, but as an adult man, like being with my mom, who I can go hang out with if I want to. It's not the same. It's like, it's not, it doesn't feel the same as like when you were a little kid and you went to your mom or dad for comfort and they held you and they, like, they made every, they made everything okay. Um, and I think as, as men, as we get, you know, again, I'm, I'm speaking as men because that's what I am and that's what I identify as. I, uh, I think for traditional men, it becomes tough as we get like older and stronger and, more on our own that we don't have that we don't have that place and we're kind of taught that like that's weakness and i think one of the things i'm like so you know when you said get in your body like i'm present to this gratitude that like i got to this place that um i could actually lean into like a woman um and be held and like comforted and without them doing anything simply just like being that connection and uh and like let all that energy out um and then finding out through that that like there's something for that other person too that like to be able to be that for somebody to be able to be that safe space and that comforting place is like super rewarding from that other side of that masculine like the feminine wants to like hold and nurture and care for. But the masculine has to like put down, you know, the, all the strong stuff. Um, Yeah. You know, um, based on certain bodies of of thought, if you are holding it as masculine and feminine, the assertion is actually that you can't have empowered feminine without empowered masculine. And you can't have empowered masculine without empowered feminine. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're speaking to is just like, as a society, we program one super heavily, which just creates an imbalance in ourselves. And it creates this conflict that you're talking about. Um, but it struck me as you were speaking, you know, earlier we were talking about how you still have that like internalized, it's still not good enough. And you mentioned when you were brought into your body, how heavy your eyelids got. Yeah. And I don't have to be right about this, but it struck me how likely there's a part of you that still resists truly seeing yourself and truly seeing how far you've come and how amazing you are. And I'm wondering if you could play with that a moment, what you would like to thank yourself for this year. I think you're right. (laughs) Uh, I know you don't have to be right, but I I do. I would agree with you. I would thank my, or I, I, it's not that I would, I'm thanking myself. (laughs) Um, I'm thanking myself for like bravery, the willingness to allow like that, that part of myself that I allowed to that, that wall that I allowed to come down that would allow me to sit in the therapy room and cry with a therapist because I wouldn't have done that in the past. I barely even would do that with a coach or in transformational work. Um, I really would like block that and hold, like keep those tears in and not allow myself to feel. Um, or like I had to do it in private, right? You've known me a lot where it's like, I have to go in a closet or in a shower to like cry. Uh, but that, I, I feel like I've come a really long way in being brave in the sense of like, it's okay. Like you're allowed to like have feelings and cry um, in front of someone. And that there's actually like so much gold in that for both parties involved. 
Um, I still have a, I, I still know I have a ways to go, but I'm actually really happy with how far I've come around like righteousness and having to be right about like an opinion or perspective. And I, and I think a lot of that, not only in work, but I think psychedelics like mushrooms have been a really good support structure. <laughs> it sounds a weird thing to say. Um, a really good support structure for like kind of carving up your ego a little bit. Um, Cause I noticed like, yes, there's times where I still like, I mean, we live in a very polarized world where like we're, we're all like wanting to be right often. Um, but I'm like able to put that down more and more. And I'm really like, I don't want to be, I want to get to a place where it doesn't like being right is irrelevant. Um, I think, I think another area, you know, to get to this place that I am with in this relationship with Evan. Um, I had to give up so many old like narratives and stories about like who I am as a man in relationship and who the women that I'm supposed to be with, what they're like um, and how we like come together. Right. It wasn't in that healthy masculine or feminine that you just talked about. It was kind of like a broken version of that. Um, and I had to, like, I've come so far that this is possible because of that journey. Um, because of the, the way I've been able to love myself more and love humans more, um, in general, you know, too, I just, just like, just hit me. It's like how much Callie's done for me. You know, you, you have, you're a mom now you have a baby. Like you see it from a, I think even a, a just such a, even a more or bigger perspective, I guess, or deeper perspective, because that baby interacts with you more than a dog can. Um, Debatable, but do go on. <laughs> uh, and right, like that, that, you you have this knowledge that that baby is growing and will eventually be something else, right? Callie will always be a dog. She'll, she's, it's not like she's going to one day be an accountant and we need to set her up for success. Um, but I think I'm like pretty blown away, like how much that dog teaches me about like love and patience and like loving something and having to do things, regardless of how you feel like not having it be just about you, but that there's things beyond you. And then I feel like it sounds silly again for people that have kids or like take care of communities. But um, for me, it's like taken me a long way. Hmm. Uh, you have this awesome thing that happens when you start slipping into your heart where like your podcast voice goes away. My podcast voice? Yeah, it'll be fun for you to listen to this recording before you post the can you, episode. Can you, can you roast me in that sense? Can you, what's my <laughs> podcast voice versus my heart voice? Hey everyone, this is Alex with the Dream Mason versus, I don't know, there's something raspy and real, but I digress. Um <laughs> Thanks for um thanks for taking a second to or a couple of minutes now to rise to the challenge of thanking yourself. And could I actually take it one step further with you? Sure. Um what I heard you start with was thanking yourself for your bravery this year. And then you shared a lot of how you've grown, the ground you've taken, the challenges you face, like the things that you had to improve about yourself. And I'm wondering through the lens of being brave, yeah. what you could thank yourself for in terms of which parts of you you've had to bravely just accept as is. Mm. Um, I, I guess like, re I'm trying to think, is it, I don't know if it's resiliency that like anything that I've ever faced, I've found a way to like overcome or grow or forget about even overcoming, but like to grow from that. Nothing that I've ever faced has like set me actually set me backwards. It always propels me forward. Um, I 
Mm. This is good. Can you say it again? Yeah, um, just to say it again, I noticed that you went straight to thanking yourself for everything you fixed about yourself this year. Yeah. Um, any parts of yourself you want to thank for exactly as they are? That part of me that like has, that part of me that has like faith and trust. Um, I'm in a, I feel like right now I'm like, I'm in it, not just on this call, but in life, like having a new relationship, a new, a new home, right? Like there's all these like new responsibilities and new things. And there's a lot of fear with that, like going into the new year of like what's next in a lot of ways and all these things I've taken on. Um, and I keep having to remind myself that almost all the success I've created, especially in the last two or three years has not been from like hard work or like perseverance or drive or forcing or making a million phone calls. It's the success has been through just having trust and faith and you can't, you can't buy that. You can't like go to a gym and work that out. Like that's, that's either internal and we either lean into it or we don't. Um, yeah, I'm really, really, really proud of myself for how much I've leaned into it and like how it, and how it's shown up and how it's been so reliable. Yeah. Um, I think alongside of that, what we didn't touch base on is all the new tattoos you got this year. <laughs> One of which was, um, you had, this is a true story. One day Alex texted me asking if he had spelled a Greek word correctly before he got it tattooed permanently on his body. True story. And I shared with him if I, I am Greek and if I were to get a Greek tattoo, what it would be of. And he liked it so much that he stole it from me. Um, but he got the Greek word kefi, which is the spirit of joy. Mm -hmm. And in everything you just shared, Alex, if I may for a second, what I just acknowledge you for is when I think of the spirit of joy, I think of you. Mm -hmm. I think at the core of who you are whether you're expressing it because you're a fun loving party goer or an adventure seeker that creates a contest to fall in love or an asshole or all of the above, like the core of who you are is joy. And so much in what you've created this year, as I hear you just taking that core of who you are and expressing and expanding it outward. Mm, that feels really good. And my eyes are wet. <laughs> <laughs> um that like really like hit home and really resonated um thanks Got thanks it. for do thanks for um thanks for doing this too you know i did not prep you you told people at the beginning like there was no way that this was supposed to go or wanted to go um it was literally just like us exploring like a year and you will, you able to kind of like take me wherever you felt like going. Um, so thanks for trusting me and having like faith in the conversation and just like partnering me with me once again in this. Um, I'm curious, like, as we have, I think we have a couple minutes before we both have to go. Um, like, what did you get from, I, I want to, if you want to ask me something else, you can too, but I don't want to like step over, like letting, seeing what you got from this conversation. Yeah. Um, well, even though you roasted me earlier for not being your person this year, thanks a lot for that. <laughs> if I'm so sorry, I moved you from being the sun in my solar system this year, Alex, <laughs> but, uh, no all jokes aside, like, uh, I found myself getting emotional throughout this process together and i think it's just it's it's the reminder of whether you talk to someone every single week or you only talk to them once a year like all it really takes to create intimacy and connection and vulnerability is the choice to be present um so selfishly i thank you for an hour to catch up with you a little more intimately than we've been able to this year and uh you know, I, I think for anyone else who listens to this, I, it would be a challenge to do the same. You know, we're about to go into the holiday season. We're going to spend a lot of time with friends and family. Like, don't ask people about the weather. <laughs> uh, 
ask them what they're up to, ask them what they're grateful for, ask them what they're scared of, like be with people. So funny. I'm like, I would have never not recognized this before. I, and I thought of it just now when you said that when we were at Thanksgiving, I'm not going to point, call out anyone in my family, but at one point I was sitting and like a bunch of people had just arrived. And one of the first things I heard someone say to someone else was like, how is the traffic? <laughs> and I remember like, I laughed when I heard that. <laughs> and I didn't say anything. I didn't like make anyone like, I just laughed. And I was like, God, and it wasn't even about them. I was like, Oh my God, this is like a thing we do. Right. They weren't weird for asking that. It's so normal. Um, but it's so irrelevant. It's like so irrelevant and we shouldn't, it almost feels like, yeah, it'd be great if we could all do this, right? Like if we could all connect and have these like conversations like this, but we actually could, they don't have to be on podcasts. That's actually, I love that you said that at the end, like this could be, you could be having conversations like this as a listener, you and I could be, you know, anybody could be having these conversations like all the time and it doesn't have to be shared or broadcast or anything else. Yeah. Um, and so with that, you know, Alex, just, I already acknowledged you for being the spirit of joy itself, but, you know, thanks for the incredible year that you've had for having me on the show. Um, in my opinion, you should just stop now while you're ahead. This is the best guest you will ever have. Thus concludes the Dream Mason podcast. <laughs> all, jokes, all jokes aside, um, this was really special and really fun, and I'm glad that we co-created it. Thanks. If people, if people, people, humans, listeners, um, Christina is really an incredible coach. If you're, I don't know if Christy, I don't know if you want to specifically say what kind of people you work with or people can just go, you know, go to hear her. It's hearherroar.com, right? Hearherroar.net. You can Thank come you. visit Her. me. I especially love leaders, women, um, and really anyone, uh, it kind of speaks to the spirit of joy concept, anyone that wants to leave their impact on the planet, but not at the cost of their own happiness, then reach out to me. And I think it's really like, you really are for, for those of you listening that can identify with this, like you are a full-time mom, a full-time wife, a full-time business owner, uh, you're creating like all over and you don't. It, like anything else in life, sometimes some of those things you're doing more or less of than others, but you're always doing all of them. And I think you're like an example of what like a, a full life in that sense can look like, like being in love, being happy, being a friend, being a mom, being a business owner, like they're all happening for you. Um, so to me, like there's a lot of people that that's not the way their life goes. Um, so thanks for modeling that. Hearherroar.net. Christina, thank you so much. What's your Instagram? Do you want people to check that out? Jesus, that's a big bottle of water you just picked up. <laughs> What's your Instagram? My Instagram handle is here, Xtina Roar. Check me out. I have lots of great content. And I also show off my crystal collection, which Alex was making fun of me for before we started recording. So check legit. it out. It is legit. Um, I'm Alex Terranova. In my podcast voice, this is the Dream Mason podcast. Thank you for listening. I don't know when the next episode will be, but uh, there will be a next episode eventually. Thanks for listening. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream, and I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.